0: Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. It is Friday, August 26th. This is uh, Leading Off with True Blue LA. I'm your host, Eric Steven today is a mailbag episode thank you to everyone who uh sent in questions Uh, i asked for them earlier this week thanks again uh for everyone i'm just gonna get right into it Uh, a lot of it is basically um, about postseason roster and rightfully so that's what we're dodgers sort of gearing up for but let's just start uh right away um first uh i'm lumping two questions together here because they're similar um Chevrolet uh, TK, I apologize if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. Please tell me if I'm correct or not. Um, says, do you think there's room for both Tyler Anderson and Andrew Heaney on the postseason roster? Assuming Kershaw comes back healthy. And then White Devil 67 uh, says, if the Dodgers plan on using four starting pitchers uh, in the postseason, uh, it would seem that a couple will be left out among Urias, Kershaw, May, Gonsolin, Anderson, and Heaney with one being perhaps a long reliever. I'd guess Heaney is left out. So this is talking about the starting uh, rotation for the playoffs now. One quirk in the postseason uh, schedule this year because of the extra three days of the regular season. Those were sort of made up by taking away a couple of travel days, one in the division series, one in the uh, NLCS. So in the division series, um, You have games one and two, then travel day, and then three, four, and five uh, all in a row with, uh, you know, uh, game four and game five at different spots, potentially. So you really have to have four starters for that. For the NLCS, it could get even trickier because the last um, five games are all in five days. So uh, you could potentially need five, and it's one of those where the depth um, really comes into play. This reminds me of 2020. Although 2020 didn't exactly play out that year, I think I would argue in 2020, the Dodgers and Cleveland were like the only two teams that had like, like full five uh, five pitcher starting staffs that could have uh, ran through the playoffs, and um, the Dodgers didn't quite use their five that way. Like It was mostly because Dustin May was sort of used in a, in a hybrid role, but also Julio Urias to an extent too, although it, differently than May, obviously. Um, but yeah, so my, my gut is that all six of them will be on the postseason roster. I don't think any of them will get left out. Now, again, this is all uh, predicated on them being healthy, which as we know is, is, uh, is a precarious position to be in, um, six, uh, uh, six weeks or so before the playoffs. So just let's assume for the moment that everyone's healthy. So you set your rotation, right? Like I think if, if I had to pick right now, I would probably say Julio Urias is game one starter for me. He has more of a proven track record. He seems unflappable in many situations. Um, uh, Tony Gonsolin gets game two. He's had too good of a year to ignore. If Clayton Kershaw's healthy, uh, to ease the burden somewhat, you put him in game three, both because, I mean, that's just where he slots, but also um, because... It gives him that extra, what, three days uh, if he needs to uh, sort of ramp up depending on when he returns. Um, and then then it gets tricky, right? So I would say it's – I mean, I guess it depends on how Dustin – Dustin May is like the – almost the determinant here. Like Tyler Anderson, you know what you have, right? A very a reliable starter if you had to plug someone in, you could. He could very well be the Game 4 starter. But if Dustin May pitches like he did in 2021, you kind of have to start him, I think, um, and then just roll with Heaney and Anderson and sort of uh, backup roles. So, like in the um, <clears throat> in the division series, you know, one of them could be sort of a, a long relief if needed, and then um, still be available l- later in the series, something like that. But uh, if May isn't quite up to par and they just want to use him in short burst, Heaney. Hasn't really been stretched out all year just because he's been hurt. So maybe maybe you have like Heaney and May as the the sort of uh, three three inning guys or four inning guys or whatever. Um, and then may, maybe that's that's the fourth starter, right? Like um, who knows? Just the, I think there's a lot to figure out, but I think it's gonna. It really depends on how Dustin May does over these last um, six weeks. But I, I do think. Um, all six will be on the postseason roster, and they will figure out the relievers after that, including uh, having some of those starters in relief. Um, maybe, maybe in the division series, um, you can make an argument that all six won't be needed. But but if they get to the NLCS, you could see perhaps that situation. Who knows? That, that's that's my gut right now. Um, now on to more of uh, of the bullpen uh, here. So CLT Dodger asks. Um, Uh, is this the most stacked set of pitchers from one to 14 that the Dodgers have ever rostered to finish a season? I'm leaving off part of his question, um, part of their question because um, he also asked uh, which pitchers uh, would go down if one of the other injured pitchers, Victor Gonzalez, Yancy Almonte, Danny Duffy and Tommy Canely. Um, Although I'm ignoring that for the moment, mostly because this usually gets solved, quote unquote solved by another pitcher getting hurt. But, like, so the, the general plan right now um, of uh, the given Dodgers roster, um, Clayton Kershaw is still on the injured list. Uh, Blake Trinan is on a rehab assignment. Those are, like, the two sort of with not definite but, like, pretty concrete plans or, like, it, like at least uh, the more stated plans, I guess. I think given the current um, situation, there's 13 uh, pitchers currently active. The easy solution is um, – Kershaw up, Trinan up, and then Phil Bickford gets optioned, and then you're you're up to 14 because rosters expand on September 1st, but uh, by one pitcher in, from 13 to 14, so that takes care of that. So then, um, then it gets into what happens if Victor Gonzalez, Yancy Almonte, Danny Duffy, or K- Tommy Canely uh, are ready. Now, my gut says like I don't know how likely that is, so. Danny Duffy uh, has pitched once in Arizona. Like, clearly the farthest away. Hasn't pitched since last um, July, I think, for the Royals. Um, So, he's, I don't expect him to pitch at all. Um, Yancy Almonte uh, has been the best in the Dodgers bullpen this year of that group. But, uh, in in a weird way, might be the odd man out. Um, Like, he's still working his way back from elbow tightness, and it's taking a little bit. So, you just don't know. Victor Gonzalez is actually uh, in Oklahoma City on his rehab assignment. I think he's pitched there three times or no, twice. And um, uh, Tommy Canely just uh, moved his rehab to Oklahoma City on Wednesday. So, they're actually like Canely is closer than I thought, but he's still like he has he only pitched four games this year before going back on the injured list. So, I think of that group, Almonte is the close or like is the most likely to sort of. Uh, be someone they might use maybe Victor Gonzalez if they want to go lefty heavy but then you're talking about who is who does he replace right like uh, I would say David price seems like the guy um, that might get replaced but like he's been pitching well too right like not that you're gonna use it, although they've also used if you look at usage um, since the all-star break, David price has, has done exceptionally well for like three months. But also, he's been used in the second lowest like leverage situations uh, on the current staff. Only Phil Bickford has been used in lower leverage on average. Um, so, I guess if one of those other people came back, like if, if Danny Duffy looked great, um, if Yancy Almonte was like doing what he was doing uh, a month ago, um, then I could see perhaps him replacing David Price. But I think David Price is probably sort of still there at the ready um as needed we'll see um but yeah again i I, it feels weird to talk about this now but like it's right to like think about this but there's still like six weeks for this all to decide itself like who knows like um like i always say these things tend to work themselves out mostly because um you can never say like well we're almost back at full strength because then inevitably someone gets hurt so that's where you're at now um that's my gut on it and that's what i think um We'll get to a little bit more, um, I guess, non-pitching questions uh, after the break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. Okay, we are back uh, with a, a True Blue LA Mailbag. Thanks to everyone who sent in questions. Uh, Gopher Two, who is a fantastic artist. Good lord, uh, he shares some of the um, the paintings uh, are just wonderful. Um, yeah, like uh, just enjoy them very much. But uh, their question is. Um, do you think uh, Max Muncy would have had his contract extended at this time uh, if he had not rebounded in August to turn around the offensive portion of his game? If he had been the pre-injury Muncy all along this season, would he have been extended much earlier in the season? So uh, I know this has been sort of answered in the comments in a way, I just, but I thought it was a good enough question to include on this for sort of to share with everyone. Um, like, I, I I'll say Andrew Friedman, I think on, I guess, Monday was when the Muncy extension was announced. Um, said this has been in the works for some time, like basically agreed to in July and they just finished it off. Like I, I buy that to a point, like, but again, a deal is not a deal till it's done. Right. Um, so, but also I think from the Dodgers standpoint, given how they used him, like even when he was bad, like <laughs> offensively, like through July, he still started, uh, all but 10 games when he was active. He started 78 out of 88. That that's an everyday player roughly. Um, they they showed tremendous faith in him. He was he's like depending on the defensive metrics, he's at least like he's either above average or like slightly below average, but very passable at both second and third base. And, and he's obviously played first base before, but Freddie Freeman uh, plays every inning there now. Um, but so like they knew what they had, and I think his option was going to get picked up no matter what. And then they just extended him for the same price as that option, and then added another option. So I think. What, what it give, what it does for Muncie um, gives him the security now so he doesn't have to like worry about it I guess I don't know how much it was affecting him you know maybe it was maybe it wasn't but like now he sort of doesn't have to worry about like whether they're gonna pick up his option for next year and then also he gets um, te- uh, you know potentially get gets paid 10 million in 2024 if the Dodgers pick up his option up to 14 million with reachable incentives. Um, and that, that's like a pretty good deal. And for the Dodgers, that's like a very good deal. Like, and it, it, there, there's like, it's not zero risk. Right. But like, they're not, they're not guaranteeing two years. They're, they're just picking up his option at a very reasonable rate. Um, even had he not like gone eight, like gone supernova in August. So like, he's just, he's been really good. And I think it's going to turn out to be probably a good deal for them. But if he doesn't do well next year, they'll just decline the option. So, like, they're not locking themselves in. It was a, I think it was a very easy decision for the Dodgers to do. And I think maybe Muncie just having gone through what he's gone through. And also, with the faith they've they've shown in him, I'm pretty sure. I think he said, too, like, there's no place he'd rather be. Like, um, yeah. So, I, I think it was sort of a mutual uh, type of a thing. But, yeah, I think I'm not sure... Uh, maybe the injury played a part in that. It, it helped Muncie to like get be more willing to like accept security. This year is weird um, in a way. Like I talked about it earlier this week on on the leading off that the Dodgers have done three of those contracts this year. Although uh, Austin Barnes didn't have an option for this offseason, but they extended him for two years anyway, just kind of getting it out of the way. Blake Trinan had a club option, and he was obviously injured for a while. So they just guaranteed that and then added another conditional option onto uh, 2024. I don't remember seeing those type of deals before, um, from this front office. Um, so interesting year, uh, for sure. Um, now one more question, Dodger John, I parsed some of these questions, just, I'm sort of picking and choosing a little bit just for, for, uh, brevity, I guess. Um, or, um, yeah, just shortening it a bit, but, um. Dodger John says, would you exercise Justin Turner's $16 million option? If the answer is yes, what do you see the Dodgers doing with Miguel Vargas, since he has nothing left to prove, at least hitting-wise, in the minors? So, I, I, I do think the Dodgers will decline that option. Uh, there is a $2 million buyout. However, like it wouldn't surprise me like if the Dodgers worked out some deal with Turner to return. Uh, I, I don't... Like, maybe in a reduced role, maybe he plays more DH. Uh, I don't think they're going to, like, basically, um, like, roll with Vargas somewhere from day one. He's been up for two games this year. We've seen this in the past, like, although part of it was because there were larger roster expansions. But, like, um, Jock Peterson saw time in 2014 before coming up in 2015 Corey Seager played his way onto the playoff roster in 2015 before his rookie season. Uh, Cody Bellinger didn't have um, didn't play in 2016, and it took them till like late April to bring him up in 2017. So maybe it's something like that, um, where they always like sort of, or in, in most years they they try to like build in redundancies uh, on the roster to to sort of. Um, uh, give themselves a cushion, right? Like, so they might bring back Turner, but maybe not expect him to play 150 games like he did last year. Um, and then, you know, if if certain things aren't working and you have a spot open up, like occasional DH, occasional third base, even occasional left field, maybe you bring up Miguel Vargas in, like, late April again or something like they did. And I'm not saying he's going to go Bellinger or anything, but, like... Uh, I think Miguel Vargas definitely factors in the Dodgers' plans, but much like earlier with um, like Bobby Miller and Gavin Stone, um, I think we talked about that on yesterday's podcast, um, those guys will all figure in to the majors next year, but they're definitely not going to start the season with those guys. Just That's just not how they tend to do things, but, but definitely sort of factoring in that they're going to be contributors, contributors in some way. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Uh, Apologize this is a short episode, but these these are um, short podcasts. So this has been Leading Off uh, with True Blue LA for a Friday. Thank you to everyone who's sending questions. I hope you enjoy your weekend. We will talk to you on Monday.